The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. The True Meaning of Christmas by Dr. Brian Sovereign from Issue 15 of the Sovereign Technica Newsletter. Hey, Dr. Sovereign, what are you a doctor of anyway? I've been asked this many times, and it's nothing I shy from. Quite the opposite. I'm rather proud of it, as it was earned out of a lifelong obsession with the spiritual, the mystical, and the occult. I have a doctorate of divinity. As you might imagine, someone with that kind of credential might have a thing or two to say about the holiday season, and I'm no exception. So let's talk about the big one this time of year. Christmas. Note. Recognition and celebration of the days getting longer after the winter solstice can be found in almost every culture and religion throughout the world. For example, in ancient Hebrew history, it comes from the time of Calendar, when Adam realized the world wasn't going to end because the days kept getting shorter. While this festival has validity, it doesn't speak to the modern practices of Christmas, so I'll avoid that here, along with other solstice holidays that aren't relevant. End note. Let's get this right out of the way. Christmas is a completely made-up celebration of Jesus Christ's supposed birthday. There is no historical record of such a person ever existing, and no eyewitnesses who ever reported what they saw on an ancient December 25th, or any other day for that matter, and were essentially left with a fairy tale. We have no idea when Jesus was born, or if he ever was. A little over 1,500 years ago, with a breathtaking sleight of hand, the Catholic Church effectively rebranded the Festival of Yuletide as the official birthday of Jesus. Yule is a very pagan festival celebrated with riotous excesses and sexual promiscuity during one of the Druids' biggest calendar events, the aforementioned Winter Solstice. Want to know where the tradition of hanging mistletoe comes from? During the pagan Yule orgy, Women took a concoction of mistletoe, generally toxic, to prevent getting pregnant while they had insane sex with as many people as they could. A kiss under the mistletoe is but a pale whisper of this earlier history. In fact, Christmas wasn't even a major holiday until Charlemagne became emperor on Christmas Day in 800 CE. Before that, the holiday of Epiphany, which focused on the visit of the Magi, that's not weird, was the far more celebrated and important day on the Catholic calendar. To prove the point more, the Scottish Puritans, strict Protestant Calvinists, would have none of Christmas. Followers of John Calvin, dates 1509 to 1564, in Switzerland banned all Christian holy days not mentioned in the scriptures. That meant that the Sabbath was acceptable, but nothing else. Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, and all other celebrations were to be treated as normal days with nothing special about them. John Knox brought Calvinism to Scotland as Presbyterianism, and Christmas was banned in 1583. In fact, Knox banned anything good in the name of the new religion. No fun, no laughter, no music, and no dancing. On Christmas Day in 1706, an American anti-Christmas group consisting largely of Congregationalists Puritan descendants, Baptists, and Presbyterians rioted on the streets of Boston, smashing church windows because they wanted to ban Christmas. Oklahoma became the last U.S. state to officially allow Christmas in 1907, just a little shy of two centuries later. Historically, Christmas is as un-American as communism. Note. 
don't think about that too much. Communism at one point was very American. See Massachusetts Bay Colony and other white person setups in America. End note. So then, how did we end up with the Christmas that has become a staple of Western civilization as we know it today? As happens rarely in history, it all comes down to one man, Charles fucking Dickens. He came up with it all, the presents, the tree, the turkey and pudding, the whole thing, all after he published his famous work, A Christmas Carol, in December 1843. It was a sensational success. Readers laughed at miserly Scrooge and wept over the poor Cratchit family. The author of Vanity Fair, William Makepeace Thackeray, declared that the book, quote, occasioned immense hospitality throughout England, was the means of lighting up hundreds of kind fires at Christmas time, caused a wonderful outpouring of Christmas good feeling, of Christmas punch brewing, an awful slaughter of Christmas turkeys, and roasting and basting of Christmas beef, end quote. In short, the Christmas of today. But the truth was, up until the 19th century, Christmas was in decline. Back in medieval times, it was a big thing up at the manor house. Check the words for the Boar's Head Carol, for example. Then came the Black Death, which wiped out nearly two-thirds of the population, and public festivities on a large scale ended. Christmas was celebrated quietly at home with just family, if at all. As the industrial drift into cities grew apace and traditions and roots were lost, so too was Christmas largely forgotten. Then came Dickens' classic comedy. Everything changed. Although Dickens celebrated the festival of Christ's birth in numerous of his other works, it is a Christmas carol that has preserved the Christmas customs of ye old England and fixed our image of the holiday season as one of wind, cold, and snow outside, and a roaring log fire inside, piping hot turkey, eggnog, and family cheer. Coming from a family that was large but not too well off, Charles Dickens presents again and again his idealized memory of a Christmas associated with the gathering of the family, which, quote, bound together all our home enjoyments, affections, and hopes, end quote, in games such as Snapdragon and Blind Man's Bluff. So much is Dickens' name associated with this revival that Paul Davis in The Lives and Times of Ebenezer Scrooge, date 1990, retells an anecdote first told by Theodore Watts Dutton in 1870. As he, Dutton, was walking down Drury Lane near Covent Garden Market in London, he overheard a Cockney Barrow girl's reaction to the news of the great novelist's death. Quote, Dickens dead? Then will Father Christmas die too? End quote. The fact is, Dickens, more than anybody else, revived the Christmas traditions. There is no Merry Christmas without him. Well, and Charlemagne. It takes an emperor to get things taken seriously, it seems. But could we get back to celebrating Yule? 